Hi and welcome to an episode of the Visual Politics Podcast. In this one, we have the audio version of an episode that originally went out on the 7th of March 2019. It's about how Maduro controls Venezuelans and kind of looking at the uh, what the Bolivarian Revolution has done to that country and other stuff like that. Obviously, this is a rather timely one. Things have changed indeed since, uh, since even March. But this will be an interesting look into how things were uh, on the 7th of March is when we put out this video. So yeah, it'll be a little bit out of date, but there's a lot of valuable stuff in here anyway. And let's get into it. Dear viewers, Venezuela may soon undergo a historic change. This is a crucial moment for the people of Venezuela. For the first time, it feels like we're on the verge of witnessing the end of Chavez's Bolivarian Revolution. We're giving our support to President Guaido because we don't agree with what is happening in Venezuela, because we've practically had to leave as exiles. We want justice and freedom to return. As you all know, this man, Juan Guaido, the president of the Venezuelan National Assembly, has been proclaimed interim president of the country. The time of freedom is getting closer and closer. And over 50 world leaders, along with almost all Latin American countries, have already recognized him as such. Guido is the person we're talking to. Last week, Canada joined many of its allies and recognized Juan Guaido as the interim president of Venezuela. The government of Spain officially announces that it officially recognizes Mr. Juan Guaido Marquez as the president in charge of Venezuela. Colombia. Colombia recognizes Juan Guaido as president of Venezuela. Chile recognizes Juan Guaido as president in charge. The EU parliament voted, we recognize Mr. Guaido as interim president. Two weeks ago, the United States officially recognized the legitimate government of Venezuela and its new president, Juan Guaido. All this, coupled with the United States' recent sanctions, which have frozen all revenues, have put the Bolivarian regime in a very tight spot. We're going to announce sanctions against Petroleus de Venezuela, Sociedad Anima, or PDVSA, as it's known by its Spanish acronym, the state-owned oil monopoly. Do you view the scenario that Nicolas Maduro now faces is complicated, really complicated. For one thing, not only has his authority been questioned in the global arena, opposition from the Venezuelan population it's also undeniable. Secondly, the country is on the verge of collapsing as a whole because it's about to run out of dollars and petrol. Yep, petrol. You heard that correctly. Up until now, Venezuela has been importing a significant chunk of its petrol from the United States. Check this out. At this point in the video, we show a graph from the U.S. Energy Information Administration showing U.S. exports to Venezuela of crude oil and petroleum products between 1995 and 2015. The graph shows little growth for the first five years, but climbs sharply from 2010 to 2015, with figures peaking at 6 million barrels and rarely dropping below 2 million. This quote is from El Nacional. PDVSA imports 70% of the gasoline the domestic market consumes. 
But of course, now a virtually worthless Venezuelan currency has no ability to buy dollars, those days they're simply over. So now the question remains, can a country survive without petrol and without oil? And the answer is, I doubt it. And you know what? Nicolas Maduro and his henchmen, they know this. And they know that their time might be about to run out forever. But let's consider what that would mean for just a minute. More specifically, let's look at these two questions. Number one, how has the Chavista regime, now headed by Nicolas Maduro survived for so long? And two, is a peaceful transition possible? Folks, the answer to both of those questions involves the same characters, so listen up. The Bolivarian Gestapo. Now let's not fool ourselves, changing Venezuela is going to be a very, very difficult task. And this is even the case if Maduro was to leave quietly. The Bolivarian Revolution has not only plundered and destroyed the Venezuelan economy, it has also created lots of networks and nefarious interests of all kinds. Some of these networks have played a key role in allowing Maduro to remain in power. talking mainly about two institutions which have been essential for the maintenance of the entire Chavista regime. The first is the regime's formidable secret police, the SEBIN, or Bolivarian National Intelligence Service. The other is FAZE, the Special Operations Force. We're talking about organizations that haven't hesitated to kidnap, imprison, rob, repress, and eliminate political opponents and anyone whom the Chavista regime considers a threat. These two organizations have become Maduro's army of personal bodyguards, and even if there is a change of government in Venezuela, they would probably continue operating in the shadows, dedicating themselves to their fields of expertise – robbery, extortion, and drug trafficking. But how did it get to this point? How do these organizations work? What role do they really play? Well, all of this, it deserves a closer look. First things first, we do have to acknowledge that this isn't new at all. Almost all dictatorships have been known to use armed forces to consolidate their power, instill fear of speaking out against the government, and of course to get rid of their political opponents. Throughout the 20th century, perhaps the three most well-known cases were Mussolini's OVRA, an organization that kept an eye on and actively repressed anti-fascism, Stalin's People's Commissariat for Internal Affairs, and of course, the Nazis' Gestapo. The chief goal of these organizations was not so much about maintaining security, upholding justice, but about consolidating power for their respective dictatorial governments. Well, Venezuela's case isn't any different. Sebin and FaZe aim to protect characters such as Daz Dado Cabello. This individual is a drug trafficker. I personally don't pay him much attention because I don't know when, but he'll be in jail. There's no future for him. And folks, as the economic crisis grows, these two armed groups have been stepping up their activity. We need to look no further than January 2019. After Juan Guaido's declaration as president and the subsequent public protests calling for Maduro to step down, Maduro used these organizations to try and silence the protesters. And here's a question for you. Can you guess how they went about it? It's not so difficult because it's straight out of the dictatorship playbook. In the first week after Guaido's proclamation, it's estimated that 35 people were dispatched, falling victim to these criminals, and more than 800 others were arrested. The revolution's dirty work. 
Back in 2015, Maduro created the PLO, the Operation of the People's Liberation, with the supposed objective of combating the growing violence that the country was experiencing. It was a move that would have horrendous results for Venezuelans. You see, between 2015 and 2016, it's estimated that there were around 18,000 cases of arbitrary arrests, searches without a warrant, and even executions. Building on this experience, the regime went on to create the FASE, or Special Action Forces, in 2017. This was an intervention group with special training and very particular procedures. Check this out. First, they use military force to take an area, as if they were an occupying army. Then, they proceed to hunt their objectives. This isn't about citizen security, where an offender's actions are prevented or he's arrested within a legal framework. No, in their case, they understand that they have to get rid of elements who aren't so much people as enemies of the regime. Kemar Avila. The FAES work in popular neighborhoods with officers dressed in black and equipped with sophisticated combat equipment. Jose Vicente Rangel, former vice president of the Republic and former defense minister. So you could say that FaZe uses brutality and fear as their default techniques. And not only do they carry out random acts of extreme violence, they have also become, in many cases, veritable criminal groups that have turned theft, organized crime, and extortion into sources of income. And to top it off, they act hand-in-hand hand with the so-called collectives. These are para-police groups with many local volunteers amongst their rank, and they were created, armed, and financed by the Chavista regime. They were first formed back in 2002 with the idea of controlling neighborhoods at the grassroots level. That way, any Venezuelan who disagreed with the regime would not only be controlled by the police and the intelligence services, but also by some of their very own neighbors. Controlled and, of course, terrified. Because, folks, in many cases, these collectives have taken the law into their own hands and have set up their own businesses, which are also linked to drug trafficking and extortion. In return, FaZe often sets up its operatives within these collectives and their local businesses. So, can you think of another country where police act hand in hand with criminal gangs? Well, let me help you out. Think about Nicaragua. And wouldn't you know it? Well, they're one of Maduro's allies. Meanwhile, seven, the powerful Bolivarian National Intelligence Service created by Hugo Chavez in 2010 has not been left out. Venezuela tiene un conjunto de enemigos ocultos. Venezuela has a set of hidden enemies, people who act and use public liberties to conspire against the Republic's peace and tranquility. And the Seven has been an extraordinary instrument to neutralize them. The agents of Seven, a symbol of repression in Venezuela, are in charge of the most delicate operations such as arresting and persecuting opponents, even if these opponents are deputies of the National Assembly or members of the Venezuelan parliament. Seven has become one of the symbols of state terrorism implanted in Venezuela. It's an organization that has developed a policy of grave human rights violations. Marino Alvarado. To this day, both groups operate from the shadows and with total impunity. For example, no one really knows exactly how many agents work at Seven, nor how many people have actually been detained, or indeed who is in charge of the various departments. The only thing we know for sure is that Seven is ruled by this man, Manuel Christopher Figuera, who is rumored to be 
under the thumb of Tariq al-Assami, a high-ranking minister in Maduro's government and vice president of the economic area, a guy who, incidentally, is considered a drug trafficker by the United States. We also know that Sebin operates with such impunity that it even ignores the Bolivarian courts themselves. Yep, so let me explain. There are numerous cases where political prisoners were ordered to be released by the Bolivarian justice system, but they are still in jail because Seven simply refuses to let them go. So, Divio, the building that you see here is perhaps the best proof of the real disaster that Venezuela has suffered through in the last few decades. Let me explain. This futuristic-looking building that evokes the Tower of Babel is the Helicoide. Construction began in 1956, and it was intended to house a shopping center and a luxury hotel. These days, it's one of Seven's two main headquarters. This is where they have their holding cells. Cells which, as you can imagine, are maintained dreadfully. The cells have no bathrooms, and you aren't guaranteed medical attention. Prisoners are almost always locked up. It could take weeks or months to be let out for a few minutes. I'll never forget that the inspector who received me after my arrest told me, Welcome to hell. Vilka Fernandez, former candidate for the National Assembly. Once locked up, seven agents charge the families of the inmates for necessary items such as food. Of course, that money it goes directly into the agents' own pockets. But let's get back to the subject at hand. Do you know the extent of what these groups have done in recent years? <laughs> Well, according to information provided by the Organization of American States, we could be talking about in excess of 8,000 executions mainly carried out by these groups, and that's only since 2015. And the data from the Venezuelan Violence Observatory is even worse. According to this organization, in 2018 alone, security forces got rid of more than 7,500 people. Folks, Seven and Faze, they not only have been Nicolas Maduro's armed wing, they also have been the life support that's kept him in power. If the time for change does come, they're no doubt going to cause quite a few headaches. If these groups already have links with drug traffickers today, it wouldn't be at all unusual for this to become their main activity at a later date. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that video. This was a audio version of a video that originally aired on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to go check out that YouTube channel, please just plug into YouTube Visual Politic, one word, politic with a K at the end, and you will find that. And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back real soon with another episode.